Please be seated. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. We have certain expectations when it comes to stories that we read or watch. The guy and the girl fall in love, the bad guys lose, the good guys win, everyone in the end lives happily ever after. And so like it or not, when we come to biblical stories and when we read scripture, we bring our expectations along with us too. Today in Luke 13, Jesus and the crowds, we also hear Jesus tell a parable of the fig tree. These stories, these events are no different. So when Jesus asks, Do you think the Galileans, whose blood was mixed with the sacrificial blood, were they worse sinners? We expect the answer to be, Why, yes, of course, they had to be. When Jesus asks, What about those 18 on whom that tower in Siloam fell and killed? Were they worse sinners than all the others in Jerusalem? We expect the answer to be, sure, of course, they must have done something simply awful to deserve that. But what does Jesus say? He says, no, no, I tell you, unless you repent, you all will likewise perish. See, Jesus doesn't give in to the crowd's expectations of judgment. He doesn't lay the tragedies at the feet of one man's sin, but simply all sin, a world that is fallen and corrupt in sin, not one person's particular fault. Jesus turns the crowd's attention and ours not to other sinners, but really back on ourselves. You see, we expect Jesus to point out the sin of others, but instead he points us to our sin. He turns the story back on us. Unless you repent, you will perish. You see, we expect these stories to be about judgment, about warning, about repentance. And they are, in part, they are about repentance, where God tells us to run away from sin. Because he doesn't grade on a curve. He wants us to know that sin is serious, deadly serious, in fact. Ezekiel's words and Jesus' words are true. Repent or perish. That's the warning. Like John the Baptist, the axe is laid to the root and judgment for sin is real. So it is a story about judgment, and there's warning, and there's repentance. But it's also a story about so much more. Just like Jesus' teaching, his death and resurrection, he defies, he upends, he overturns all of our expectations. Jesus never does what we expect him to do, or what we expect him to say. Kind of like the vine dresser in the parable of the fig tree that Jesus tells in the second part of Luke 13 this morning. A man had a fig tree planted in his vineyard. He came seeking fruit on it and found none. And he said then to the vine dresser, Look, for three years I've come now seeking fruit on this fig tree, and I find none. Cut it down. Why should it use up the ground? And he answered him, Sir, let it alone this year also till I dig around it, put manure on it. Then if it should bear fruit next year, well and good. But if not, then you can cut it down. You see, we expect the vineyard owner to say, sure, you're right. After all, that's it. I've had it with this worthless tree. 
It hasn't done anything. Cut it down. Why use up the valuable soil? But unexpectedly, the vine dresser intercedes and says, No, let it be for this year also. I'll dig around it. I'll tend and care to it. Put manure on it. Give it every good chance. This parable of the fig tree, you see, is really a story about God's unexpected, his undeserved, his unconditional love and mercy, his patience. The Old Testament called it his long-suffering for us. Let it alone, the vine dresser says. Let it be. In Greek, this is another word that is used over and over again in the New Testament for forgiveness. In other words, forgive it, forbear it. It's the same word that Jesus uses on the cross. And he says, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. You see, we live as the fig trees live, under the shade of the cross, in the shadow of the cross, by the cross. We live in Jesus' free, gracious, and unexpected, to be sure, forgiveness. But of course, it's true that we, along with the world, have different expectations of how that happens. Yeah, sure, we have to repent, we say. We expect repentance to be maybe a little rehab for sinners, only necessary for the really, really, really bad sins, or the really, really bad sinners. We expect that repentance and faith is something maybe like a nice little pat on the back from God. Good job. You did a good job there. But of course, that's not how it works. God's patience, God's mercy... God's grace to us in Jesus are altogether unexpected. For when we are impatient, quick to anger, and abounding in our steadfast stubbornness, Jesus is merciful, gracious, slow to anger, and abounding in steadfast love for us. Where we expect and rightfully deserve judgment for sin, Jesus is merciful. He takes the rightful judgment upon himself. Where we expect to be cut down, thrown out of the vineyard, and tossed into the burn pile. Jesus graciously roots and plants us, grafts us into the tree, that living tree of his cross for us. It's a good thing, you see, that God doesn't operate by our expectations, but by that unexpected and outrageous good news that Jesus is crucified for you. That Jesus, the vine dresser, the one who says, I am the true vine, And you are his branch. He becomes a rotten, dead, withered branch for you on the tree of the cross. Jesus is sent out to the hill of dust and ashes and death for you. Jesus hangs on a tree, a cursed tree, scriptures say, to forgive, to forbear. He lets his own body be dug into deep with nails and spear. He's covered in the dirt pile and manure of sin. He's planted into the earth for us. What unexpected yet gracious love this is for us. Jesus is merciful towards us, taking our punishment upon himself. And he's gracious to us, giving us his undeserved life, his righteousness, his forgiveness. Like the vine dresser, let it be. Forbear it. Forgive it. Jesus doesn't come to see if we're good enough. He knows the truth about our goodness, of course. Jesus doesn't come to see if we have sincerely or heartily repented of our sin. 
because he knows that even our best repentance is not quite worth the hot air we put into it. Jesus simply forgives freely by his grace, just like he tends and cares the fig tree by grace and love and care. You see, Jesus doesn't love us because we are good fig trees or because we bear good fruit. Rather, it's Christ's love for you. Christ's love that is given to you as gift that makes you that good tree that then causes you to bear good fruit by his love, by the fruits of the Spirit that the Spirit plants and grows and tends and gives within you. The fruit even of repentance, of rejoicing. The fruit of running to your neighbor to tell them and show them you are redeemed in Jesus, this unexpected, outrageous good news. To show them mercy as he has shown mercy to us. All of this unexpected love from an unexpected, gracious, merciful vine dresser. Jesus, your vine dresser, who by his death bears good fruit for you in his body and his blood. The same body and blood we receive and take in this day that it might grow and nourish and tend us. Where he waters us at the font, feeds us here at his altar, at his table. By his death you become guests at this unexpected party of the Lamb's High Feast. You see, in Jesus you bear fruit. And in Jesus' death and resurrection, you will never be cut down. You have more forgiveness, life, and salvation than you could have ever hoped for or expected. And yet it's yours in Jesus, now and always. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.